All right, thank you so much for tuning in to Forward Thinking Founders. This is the podcast where we highlight undiscovered talent. We're scanning Y Combinator, Pioneer, Product Hunt, Twitter, Indie Hackers, all these different networks to find really interesting founders, interesting projects and startups, and we feature them on the podcast before you've probably heard of any of them. And what's great about this is you get to follow along on their journey as they become more and more successful and say, I knew them when. So thank you so much for tuning in to Forward Thinking Founders. And let's get into our next founder you haven't heard of, but you will. All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Matt Schumer, who is the creator of Vizos. Welcome to the show. How's it going? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. It's a little bit of a long time coming, and we met at that awesome competition in Tempe a few months back, and it's great to to have you on to to share what you're working on with with the listeners. For people that don't know what you're working on, can you share what Vizos is? Yeah, absolutely. So Vizos is a company that's building the first VR headset designed from the ground up for healthcare and medical use. So what you might not know is that decades of research has actually proven that VR is one of the most effective treatment methods and diagnostic tools for many conditions and diseases. But the hardware to essentially enable that to become a reality hasn't existed. Now VR is gaining some traction, gaining some momentum, but the current headsets that are out there are designed for gamers and not for healthcare. And this is really limiting the adoption. So we're building this headset to enable medical VR to become everything that it can be and to enable everyone that can get medical VR treatment to get it. So I have a ton of questions. I think to, to start, let's hear like how you got into, like how you got into this company. What was the reason you originally wanted to start it? And like what, how, and what made you want to take the VR route? I, I guess we'd love to just hear the, the origin story behind, behind the company. Yeah, so it actually was something very different when we originally started. So I actually started Vizos in my senior year of high school. So this is about two years ago now. And I had recently tried VR for the first time, and I was just floored. I knew that I wanted to do something in this space. I had a couple companies before, and I knew that this is where I wanted to go. So I looked at the headsets. I looked at what options were available. And I realized that the thing that was holding VR back at the time, you know, obviously there were a lot of things, but the things that I wanted to focus on was that VR wasn't social. VR was this isolating thing that you did yourself. If you had friends in, in the room with you, they would just be watching and it wouldn't be fun for everyone. So we originally tried to make the first VR headset that truly was social, that enabled multiple people to be in the same physical and digital spaces at the same time. Now, obviously in doing that, we were competing against some pretty big players like Oculus, which is owned by Facebook. And a few months into the company, we were lucky, we were lucky enough to get on the phone with the founder of Oculus. And he essentially told us that no matter what, there is essentially no way that a startup in this space on the hardware side can compete against a company like that that's backed by Facebook. So we looked at what we had. We ended up pivoting to medical because we realized that really what our technology could do was very, very important in the medical space. And it was wide open. It could help a lot of people and there was a lot of opportunity. So that's how we got here. I I have to ask, so you, you said it, that you had a conversation with the founder of Oculus. So I'm assuming you're talking about Palmer Lucky. Uh, what was the, I mean, could, could you mind sharing, like, how were you able to get on a call with Palmer? And like, 
what was he like? I'm actually a fan from afar um, from what he's done in business. I think he is very impressive. And I just would love to hear, like, how did you get on the phone with him? And, and what was the conversation like? Yeah, so essentially I just emailed him and told him about what we were working on and asked for his advice. And he was nice enough to reach back out and set up a call. We actually ended up talking multiple times over a couple months. I, it was probably three or four hour long conversations. And he was instrumental in figuring out the business model, how we were going to move forward. And he actually helped us figure out how we were going to pivot to healthcare. So he was a super nice guy, really don't have enough great things to say about him. Yeah, that, that, that's awesome. I, I listened to an interview with him at um, Anderil's headquarters and um, yeah, just like pretty entertaining and awesome. Um, well, cool. So you, so you pivoted into the medical world. Would love to hear like, so what exactly, can you tell me a little bit about like who uses the headsets what are the headsets? Are they, are they, you know, are they like a Oculus? Are they cardboard? Are they proprietary tech? And we'd just love to hear like how someone interacts with what, with what you've built. Yeah, absolutely. So we're in a very unique space and that's why this works. There are a lot of different sectors of VR. There's gaming, there's enterprise, there's training, there's education, but healthcare sits in this own little spot where they need this very unique set of features that the current headsets being focused on gaming don't provide. So for example, uh, this can be used on a patient and the patient puts on our headset, which is uniquely light and tiny. It's actually about half the size and weight of anything else while being about three times as clear. And they essentially interact with software developed by medical VR software developers. And that software actually treats patients, which is pretty crazy to see. You know, previously you had to take medication, go through really intensive therapy to treat different conditions but now we can actually see and do this in VR, which is just a monumental shift in how people get treatment. So this headset is really enabling that. It's a proprietary piece of hardware technology. We have proprietary software behind it that we're building. So it's a mix of a lot of things that kind of combine to make something really unique and powerful. Um, and the, you know, I don't talk to VR founders super often. Um, you know, I probably maybe talk to like five to seven on, on the whole podcast, which isn't too many. So like, I always like to ask the question, what, what do you spend most of your time on during the day? Are you coding things in software for VR? Are you working on the headset? Are you like doing partnerships? I'd love to hear like, what is an, a founder in this space spend their time on, you know, in, in your position? Yeah, I mean, personally for me, and I think it's different for everyone. I mean, every company has a different way of going about doing this. Every company has a different way of moving forward. For us, we see VR right now not as a technology problem, specifically in the medical space. VR works as a treatment, and we know that. So it's not about building better technology, even though we are doing that. We see it really as a business development problem. So most of my day is actually spent working with other firms to figure out ways to integrate VR into what they do, to get their applications on our headset, and working with facilities to figure out how VR can work for them. So really for me, yes, I do a lot of the technical stuff and a lot of my day is also spent on figuring out how this headset is going to work, but really most of it is figuring out how do we get this to the right people at the right time at the right place. So it's really a lot of business development. Right now is the VR ecosystem, would you say overall it's small enough where you kind of know all the main players or has it gotten to a size where there's, tons of players and it's a, it's a decent sized ecosystem and 
um, it's hard. It's hard to even know everyone. I guess that what I'm asking is, I'd love to hear about the maturity of the VR ecosystem and what you've observed from from your from your end. Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult question because at the end of the day, there will always be unknowns. There will always be things that you don't know that you don't know, and we see that all the time. I think that I have a pretty good grasp on the landscape of the industry after doing this for almost two years now, and being that it is such a young industry, two years is somehow a lot of time. Sounds crazy, but it is. Um, but really in every sector of VR, you know, between gaming, education, healthcare, and more, there are companies that you just have never heard of that have these crazy technologies that they're going to be coming out with. And you, know, you don't always know about them before they come out. So it really is starting to mature into an industry where it's not just everybody knows each other, even though there is still a lot of that. There are a lot of you know, big players that everybody knows about you know, smaller players that still everybody knows about, but there always are these unknowns. And that's a sign, I think, of the industry maturing, which is a great thing. Yeah, sorry about that. I was having uh, some tech issues. Um, yeah, it makes, makes a lot of sense. Um, so w where do you see, so I, I, as you know, as we've talked about, we've actually talked in VR before. I am a, a pretty big fan of, of VR as a consumer. I got the Oculus Quest about five months ago and holy moly, you know, how fun is that? And that's not even as good as it gets. I know your tech is, is, is I believe better. And like, you know, there's a lot farther that we can go in VR. Like, do you think that, and right now when Oculus announces more quests that are sold out in the day, like, do you think that like VR is almost like in some ways on the consumer side made it and there's just a like supply problem because every time you know oculus puts out something for like like a hundred or a thousand or a million new units they get sold out immediately or like where, where do you think the demand is for vr my perception is that there's demand it's just the supply isn't there do you ever do you have an opinion on that are you talking specifically on the consumer side or uh, as a whole um for, for so so for let's I'm curious about consumer because my, my own personal interest, like I want to be in a world where, where, you know, I have all my friends are on VR so I can like want, you know, for like an hour a day or 30 minutes a day, I can like talk to people wherever they live, wherever they live. So I'm curious on your perspective on the consumer side. And then I want your perspective on the business side and maybe in, in, in your specific industry um, where you see the, the market going there specifically. Yeah. I mean, I guess starting with consumer, it's early. It's still early days. We, I think, have seen the first product launch that truly changes things. You, know, you had the Oculus Rift years ago, but you still needed a crazy expensive PC and a lot of cabling and tons of things to run it. And that's just not something that people are going to adopt. Yes, you have your early adopters that will, but that's not the mass market, which is what I think you're talking about. With the Quest, you're seeing the first device that truly is standalone, that enables people to jump into a VR experience without much friction, but it's not enough. We're not there yet. I think for VR to truly become sustainable and to become a mass market product that's you know, universally used, a lot of things need to be improved and they're coming. The first thing is fit. It needs to be smaller. The current headsets are just way too bulky. People don't wanna be wearing them. They're uncomfortable, they're heavy. That will be fixed soon. We actually hope to play a part in that. On, on top of that, it's I think input methods. Hands are getting better. Hand tracking is getting there, but still the lack of haptic feedback makes it quite difficult to feel truly immersed when you're using it. So there are these little problems that VR needs to kind of overcome to really go mainstream, if you will. I don't think we're there yet. 
if you look at the install base of VR headsets compared to something like smartphones, which is obviously hugely different, it's just nowhere close. But I think that we are on a path to do something in the next few years. And I think that's not just purely VR. I think that these devices need to evolve. If we see something that comes out and it's a really, really good AR and VR device all in one, that might change things. That might change things significantly. And I know there are a lot of people working on it, including Facebook. And outside of that, on the medical side, for example, and on enterprise or an enterprise, the story is kind of different because at the end of the day, consumer, it's about getting people into VR and getting them to stay there. But for a lot of other use cases that are more enterprise facing, it just doesn't deliver business value. And it does today. So on that side of things, I think VR is going to grow a lot faster in the short run. Do you have any insight or predictions or insider knowledge or, or whatever you want to call it? But like, I, I can't imagine what this killer app VR AR headset will look like outside of like a quest. Do you, do you have any ideas of like, is it going to be contacts? Will it be glasses? Will it be like goggles? Will, like, like what's your best guess on what, like five years from now when everyone has like, you know, everyone has, their headset out and it's kind of, you know, a different environment. What do you imagine these, these headsets will, will look like? Are they headsets, goggles, glasses, contacts, implants, like do you, any thoughts? So um, have I showed you our current prototype? Cause that might give you some insight into, you know, where we're going. I don't, I don't think I, I if you might have, I, I don't have it in my, in my memory right now at, at the moment, if you, if you did. I could definitely show you at some point, but it basically is going from a brick sized device on your face to something more akin to sunglasses, a bit bigger, but definitely far better. But in terms of where we're going, I think that there's going to need to be a lot that needs to be improved to get there. But I think that VR, AR, extended reality technologies truly won't be there until we're about the size of a pair of glasses, because at the end of the day, People wearing VR headsets currently, it's kind of something that people laugh at, if you will. If you have a VR headset on, it's almost funny to people looking on from the outside. When you're inside, you feel like you're you know, doing something that you couldn't be doing in the real world. But to the people on the outside, it looks pretty funny. So I don't think that it's really going to hit its stride until we have something much, much smaller that looks more natural. We're getting there. But I think that in a few years, the form factor is going to be really impressive. I mean, if you look on the AR side of things, you have startups like, um, not necessarily fully a startup anymore, but uh, North, they have some pretty amazing smart glasses that aren't truly full AR yet, but they could be there and it's in a very small form factor. You have uh, Unreal, they're developing a tiny form factor pair of AR glasses that is much more like the AR that we've always been promised. That's, you know, full field of view that is realistic. So we're getting there. And I think that the end goal is a pair of glasses or something similar. And then obviously you have a couple startups that are working on contact lenses. I think something recently came out about that. I'm trying to remember the company's name, but I'm blanking. But whatever it is, we're going in that direction where these devices will become more and more invisible to us. So it's going to take time, but we'll get there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the ride as I guess technically now an early adopter. Um, and also, like, uh, it's going to be interesting watching watching you and Vizos because, like, I feel like you're kind of at the bleeding edge. And, like, when we when we were talking back at ASUIO, like, you're definitely, like, in my opinion, like, definitely in front of, like, the, on the technology side. 
so it'll be cool where like you almost get to play a part in in pushing the industry forward do you ever feel like that do you feel like you have that responsibility or that opportunity like your your company to like be a player in pushing the industry forward or how do you think about that seeing the industry is not, not tiny but not giant where do you see your role in pushing it forward I think everyone has a role. I think that the big players like Facebook that are putting tons of money into getting the word out about VR have a role. I think the tiny players that are just starting up now have a role. And I think that it really will take everyone working together to push this technology into the mainstream. You know, it's, it's not like a smartphone where it's something that can kind of, it, it is very different when it's first introduced, but it can be easily introduced into people's lives. This is different. This needs to be almost a fundamental behavioral shift in the way people go about their daily lives. And that's not something that can be done by one company, even if that company is Facebook. This is something that everybody needs to contribute to. So at the end of the day, we are just happy to be part of that and happy to be contributing to this amazing thing that can help so many people in the long run. And speaking of the long run, what is the long run for Vizos? Like you look out 10 years, you know, 20 years, but love to hear what's the big vision for, for, what you're, for, for your company, Vizos? I think there are a lot of things that we want to do. We do have some semblance of an end goal in mind. There are a lot of ways we can get there. But in reality, the end goal is we want to become the leader in the medical VR market. We want to get medical VR into every hospital, every medical facility out there. And we have a plan as to how we're going to do so. But obviously things change. And I can guarantee you the plan that we have today is not the one we're going to have a year from now. But 10, 20 years from now, we want to make medical VR a standard. We want everybody to have access to this incredible type of treatment that can change so many people's lives and prevent so many bad things from happening that prevents people from needing to take medications like opioids. We want to be the player that enables that and gets us out there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be really interesting to, to watch everything unfold and you being the leader, one of the leaders in the medical space, I'm just, I'll be, in, be intrigued to be watching. Is there something that, that the listeners can do to, um, you know, to, to help? Do you even ask for anyone listening regarding, you know, becoming a user or recruiting or anything? I guess, how, how can the listeners help? Yeah, I mean, I think we're always looking for great talent, of course. Um, I think right now, specifically on the software side, it's because as we're ramping up that side of our uh, development, Aside from that, I think one of the things that we keep thinking about and keep coming back to as a sticking point is getting people comfortable with VR. So when you put a VR headset on a patient, they're going to react in a very weird way. They're not used to that. They're used to getting medicine and going, on their day, going about their day. So how would you feel, I'm asking this to everybody that is listening, how would you feel if you were given a VR headset instead of medicine? And then how could we make that experience better or less stressful? If you have any ideas, feel free to shoot me an email or let me know. That would be really helpful. And then if someone wanted to learn more about Vizos or wanted to shoot you an email or just kind of get involved with what you're doing, do you have, what's your URL? Do you have social media handles? Do you have an email? How can people learn more and, and get in touch? Yes. Yeah, so our URL is visosvr.com. So visosvr.com. You could also just search Google for Vizos. Uh, my email personally is matt, M-A-T-T at visosvr.com. All right. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Really appreciate what you're building and appreciate your take on the industry. 
and am looking forward to seeing what you do in the next decade and beyond. So thanks for popping on and, and best of luck with what you're working on. Thanks for having me, Matt. Oh. Okay. Thank you everyone for tuning into that episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. And luckily there's another one coming up real soon. But before then, I have a couple things to tell you. First, if you're listening to this and you think you're working on something cool or you think you're smart, hit me up on Twitter. I am at Matt underscore Sherman. And that is Matt with one T. So hit me up, shoot me a DM. And I'm happy to check out what you're working on and maybe we can get you on the pod. But at the very least, I'm happy to give you feedback on your product or project or startup. Lastly, if you can please rate this podcast in the iTunes store, that would be awesome. I'm trying to get up in the rankings so more people can discover these awesome founders. And the only way to do that or one of the ways to do that is growing with rankings. So if you like what you're listening to, please just go onto the iTunes store and give it five stars or four, you know, or three. I'm not going to tell you what to give, but just tell whatever I deserve, you should rate that. With that, I'm signing off. See you next time. Bye.